Everything hurts, and I am slowly dying. Hey guys, welcome to the Diary of a Mad Muslim. I'm your host, Sarah, and get ready, buckle in for the shitstorm that is my podcast. Well, first things first, it is September, which means that it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and everybody's wearing pink. I'm wearing pink. I just bought pink hand wraps from my gym so I can punch people with them. And it's all great. So definitely go out there, donate as much as you can because there are so many great organizations that support breast cancer for for this month. And it's just awesome, guys. And I know that a lot of us know people or have people within our families or friend group who have suffered from breast cancer or are suffering from breast cancer or you know someone who is. So definitely get out there, donate, just be supportive, all that good stuff. Okay, so... Today, on my show, we're going to be talking about Hurricane Irma. (laughs) She's a real bitch, isn't she? Well, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, as you all know, and she is coming up from South Florida into my territory. So at this point in my life, I just, Irma and I just need a divorce because she is ruining everything, ruining my life. I can't even go to Costco. I went to Costco yesterday. And I tried to buy, like, a couple of cases of water, some bread. I wanted a croissant or two because Costco has some amazing croissants, and I couldn't even get that. The bakery was just bone-dry empty. There were two, like, loaves of, like, bread, and I had to, like, fight an old lady for the last one, and all of the water was sold out. There were lines out the devil's ass in Costco, and I just wanted to cry, and everyone looked at me. And people weren't even buying things that were necessary for the hurricane. People were buying, like, packs of beer, La Croix, um, soda. People were buying, like, toothpaste and this weird shit, man. And, like, the things that are actually necessary, like, batteries and lamps and lights and whatever the hell they weren't buying. (laughs) They were buying La Croix and, like, ready-made baked chicken or something, which is just ridiculous. So Florida is under a state of emergency because of Irma, and she is just causing havoc. I think she is someone's ex-wife. That's why she is now a Category 5 hurricane. So we need to just, like, ride her out, I guess. Oh, man. And it's it's just crazy right now. And then after Irma, there comes this co- Jose is coming, and now Katia is coming. And it's just basically at this point, there are three hurricanes, earthquakes, You know, there's a tiger in the middle of the street somewhere in San Francisco. I think someone is playing Jumanji because this is just, it's not okay. But seriously, there are two more hurricanes following Irma. Jose is probably going to, like, hit and miss or, like, go back into the ocean. But Katia is, like, on its way up. So, hello, hurricane season. Honestly, what I find it kind of funny is that when President Obama was in office, these kinds of natural disasters did not happen. Mother Nature is literally giving an fuck you, a straight middle finger to Donald Trump simply for being president. And then him and his wife comes out in six-inch heels in Texas, doesn't even see any of the disaster, like, the people who are involved in, who are suffering from, you know, the, the, um tragedies of Hurricane Harvey in Texas, he just waves his hand and he's just like, oh, Harvey, we're gonna find him. We're gonna find him or we're gonna take care of him. Not even actually trying to help aid 
the the victims of Hurricane Harvey are trying to even, you know, say something or do anything that's reassuring, and that just fucks me up. So we all know of the infamous Florida Man. So Florida Man, you know, wrestles a gator. Florida Man, you know, jumps off a bridge. Florida Man goes to Canada and rides off the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Well, infamous Florida Man is going to ride out Hurricane Irma in his boat on the ocean in the middle of Florida. And I think that's a great idea. So let's all hop on board, support him, and let's find out if he's alive or not. I will keep you updated on him. Now, now that we're all out of the way with Hurricane Harvey, a few other things. The movie It is coming out. Well, it's I think it's out already. And I kind of don't want to see that because I, all of us, I think at one point, ha, who has ever had brothers, sisters, older brothers, older sisters, older cousins, has been traumatized with the movie It as a small child where a clown and apparently it's affecting the clown industry. So when has a clown actually, you know, have I haven't seen a clown ever. I don't know how it's even affecting the clown industry anyways. Just we just need to take care of that. But yeah, I'm definitely not seeing that movie. There's something about red balloons and water drains. I'm not going anywhere near them anywhere near any type of clown because I don't want to be murdered by any type of clown. So another thing, um, hopping back into Hurricane Irma, there's the FEMA, FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. So they're slowly running out of money for, um, what do you call it, like disaster relief. And I think before... Harvey, they were at $1.5 billion for um, emergency aid money, and I think they have been reduced down to, like, I think half, like, like half a billion dollars or something like that, so, because most of that went towards aiding Hurricane, the victims of Hurricane Harvey, and whatever else is going to be aiding the victims of Hurricane Irma in South Florida, and uh, it's, it's, it's concerning right now because I do have a lot of family in South Florida. I grew up in South Florida, and it's it's really concerning and disheartening because that's my family, and that's where I grew up, and it's kind of sad to see what's happening right now. So right now, everyone is in doomsday prepper mode. I just I just need to, like, settle down because these people can't handle this. So moving on... Um, one major issue for us in the Muslim community is um, Myanmar. So there are a group of Muslim people in Myanmar, which which was used to be called Burma. And I, I knew it as Burma until they started calling it Myanmar. There are a group of Muslim people, and they're referred to as the Rohingya. And, they were, and there's two major religious populations. There's the Buddhist population, which Myanmar is meant to be a, a safe haven for Buddhism, and then there are the Rohingya, who are descendants from Muslims. And there are so many civil war there's like there's civil disputes that are going on there right now where it's forcing the Rohingya population to move out of Myanmar and their homes. Like their homes are being burned, things are just going haywire for them right now. And it's not a good situation. And it's it's mainly due to the fact that they are a different religion than the Buddhist population. But the thing is that the race, the racial, it's not racial, it's religious uh, differences that are really hurting these people. And 
and and it's like it's causing these civil disputes and civil wars and right now it's it's becoming a a huge issue and and it's not like it's not like the middle east where you know you can there there are places for you to to become a refuge at the most of them are going into i think bangladesh and those those countries to looking for um asylum and stuff so that's a really a bad issue that we need to keep our eyes open to and it's, it's a political issue that we all need to look at um i'm talking about my brown girl pop problems for the week and oh my god boy do i have a few problems for you so the reason why i have this podcast is to just kind of like talk to you guys about problems that an average muslim girl goes through and i assure you that every muslim girl goes through this problem and it is our hijab now you guys know that i don't wear a hijab i am not a full-time hijabi and i choose not to be and the reason why i choose not to be is because it's a personal choice all women have a personal have the decision to make whether they want to wear their hijab or not there are so many wonderful and beautiful reasons why a woman should wear their hijab in Islam, and I choose not to because right now, at this point in my life, it's not the best time for me to do so. So the hijab is meant to protect a woman, and it's also commanded by God that a woman should cover herself for modesty. And we wear the hijab because our hair is like the, a very prominent portion of our beauty so we cover our hair some women choose to cover their face or partial parts of their face like from their nose down or from their their entire face entirety and from the nose down that's called a niqab and from the from their completely covering their face that's called a burqa so that's a choice as well but those coverings are not mandatory at all the hijab is mandatory but like i said it's also a choice so it's very difficult growing up in Georgia in the south wearing a hijab because it's not it's it's not like when I was in South Florida when I used to live in South Florida I had a huge Muslim community there I had so many Muslim friends who also wore their hijab with me they went to school with me we were involved in the community involved with my church my mosque we were involved so it wasn't unusual for me to go out there and see another woman with a hijab on once I moved to Atlanta that wasn't the case so when I first started going to school here in middle school it was it was different there were people that I never saw anyone with a hijab on and the women that I did see with hijabs they had them tied a certain way where you can see your neck and you can see like your chin and the front and you, you it was a little bit more less traditional wearing of a hijab it was just covering the covering of your hair but not of like your ears or your neck or like those parts everyone wears a hijab differently but if you choose to do so you know that's like i said that's your choice and there were a select few of people who did wear it but I, I didn't know them. I wasn't. I didn't feel comfortable wearing my hijab around them either. So being what thirteen, 
14 years old trying to wear a hijab here. You know, kids are kind of mean, so they used to pull my hijab off or tell people that I had a bomb under my hijab, and they really bullied me about it. So that was when I made the decision to just take it off. And I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. I, I'm not emotionally ready to do it. Once I am emotionally ready and I've grown as a person, then I'll put it back on. And I had, at times, I have decided to think, maybe, you know what? I should probably wear it. But then again, I, it didn't feel right at that moment. So, honestly, as and I commend every Muslim girl who wears her hijab proudly and confidently, especially now in this day and age in Trump's America, because I know for a fact that it isn't easy. I know that you're going through a lot of stuff. I know that you're going through stuff with your family. There are some Muslim women whose families encourage them to take their hijab off because they want them to find husbands or someone to marry. I know there are girls who probably have converted and they're trying to hide the fact that they want to wear their hijab in front of their family who don't understand their religion or understand their choice to convert. I know there are women who deeply want to wear their hijab, but their family refuses for them to do so because they are scared of what would happen in Trump's America. I know there are women who are confidently wearing their hijab, but are constantly every single day being berated and abused and um, verbally assaulted because they have that choice to do so. And the thing about the hijab is that you can easily identify a Muslim woman with their hijab. I know some people can make the argument saying that a Muslim man can be easily identified with his beard, but that's not usually the case. You know, you can in today's day and age, beards are in, beards are a fashion statement. So a Muslim man wearing a beard, you can't always tell if they're Muslim or not. You know, someone can probably say something to you, but you can play it off. But as a woman wearing a hijab, that's just basically a sign on your forehead saying, hey, I'm Muslim. And that opens the opportunity for people just to say things and do things and be mean to you. So that's that. And I wanted to bring up that point. And I know that's a very like deep subject, especially for women. And we need to empower each other, support each other. And if you see another woman out there who's proudly wearing her hijab, say salam, give hello, and just spread your love because I know they're angry. I know you are going through a lot because it's not easy. It's not easy to go out there and to go to the mall and enjoy time with your friends and to enjoy the world while wearing your hijab and constantly getting stared at by people who don't understand you and don't understand your religion and don't understand that you are a nice person and you are more than what your hijab says that you are. So just stay confident, stay angry, and I commend you for that so much. I know another thing that we should talk about as females, um, this is a very feminist feminist episode, and I'm totally feminist, and I support everything and feminism f for both equalities. And if you think about it, Islam as a whole is a feminist religion. We the rules in in our religion cater to both male and female for equality for both of the sexes. So women are able to hold land. We're able to, um, the, whenever we give dowries, we don't, okay, so let me explain what a dowry is. A dowry is a sum of money that is to be paid to the female 
that you are marrying in Islam. So if something happens to her husband, she has that money to help support herself. So that that is another feminist ideology. And when you think of a dowry, you kind of think of, you know, a woman has to pay a man to marry her, which is the contrary in Islam. So one thing I want to talk about, and I think in Islam, we don't necessarily talk about it very often and I think it's kind of like a taboo subject a little bit um there's a lot of things that are controversial and this is one of them abortions in Islam and I posted something on my Twitter on our Twitter uh not too long ago where a woman she had an abortion as a Muslim woman who was a hijab-wearing woman, and she she wasn't sure. She was just very emotionally distraught about it because we are taught that every life is sacred, and that is a huge, huge topic in Islam. That's why whenever you look at terrorist bombers and these uh, I like ISIS and people who are killing other Muslims, killing Muslims. That like that's not true. Uh, we value every single life in Islam, especially life that's forming inside of a woman. So this girl, she was in a situation, and this is common for a lot of families. They kind of force their daughters to marry early, which isn't. It's it's a very hard subject to swallow because I remember when I turned 18, people started to make, like, my family started to make jokes and stuff like that, but they kind of didn't. They were just kind of like, oh, you know what, um, Sarah, you're, you're growing up soon. We're going to have to marry you off soon. And it's like, I'm 18. I'm still a kid. Why would I want to get married? So we tend to marry our daughters off very early. So this girl, she was talking to this Muslim man and she fell in love with him and he kind of convinced her to have sex with him before they were married, saying, promising her that they will eventually get married. And after she did that, she did that, I think, a few times with him and she found out that she was pregnant. And when she got, went to see him and tell him about it, he wouldn't answer and he wouldn't talk to her and he wouldn't see her. So he left her in this very bad position and she was too ashamed to go to her parents and say, hey, look, this is what happened. So she eventually, so she ended up going to a clinic and having an abortion. So in Islam, let me um, let me give you guys the rulings about why this is okay in Islam for given situations. So if a woman was raped, if a woman was in this situation similar to the girl in the article that I posted, they are allowed within the first the first trimester to have an abortion. So within the first three months of a pregnancy, in Islam it says that that God hadn't breathe the soul into the baby yet so for any given situation that is an okay time to abort the baby now for her situation where you know she's just stuck she didn't know what to do she's scared obviously and she had every reason to do so and everyone who would have read this or talked to her about this would have said hey you know what that's a child why are you trying to murder a child and yes people have this exact same mentality as people who are very pro-life and a lot of people in Islam are very pro-life but there are certain situations where it's okay to have an abortion especially where it's going to harm the mother especially where it's going to harm the baby in the long run especially where 
if, if the woman was raped and she 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 was she became pregnant and she doesn't want the baby and who who would who would want a baby if you were raped you know it it just keeps gives keeps giving you that reminder and everyone has a different opinion and everyone views this differently and I understand that so that's one thing that we want to talk about here because it's not it's not a common topic it's not a common subject and honestly personally I am very pro-choice. I feel like if you're not ready, if you're not emotionally ready, financially ready to have a baby, then you shouldn't. But, you know, everyone is everyone has different situations. Situations are differently. There could be health reasons why you can't have a baby. There could be family reasons why you can't have a baby. There could be emotional reasons. Like you could be in an emotionally abusive relationship and having a baby with the person that you're with can lo- like lock you into that emotionally abusive cycle and that's not okay. So every situation given is different. You know, um, there are kind of like rulings on birth control like it, like that are just kind of really difficult to interpret. Some school Islamic schools of thought say that it's it's forbidden, some say that it's okay. Like it all depends. And Things like this are just very touchy, touchy subject, and I and I I kind of enjoy talking today about like the different um, things that us as women go through because it's very hard, you know. I just I I remember like when um man when I got my first period and. <laughs> We all know, and I, th- I remember my mom giving me this whole lecture about, oh, you shouldn't use tampons because you're going to get, you're going to lose your virginity. I'm just like, mom, how the hell is a tampon going to take my virginity? That's not physically possible. And I'm over here, 13 years old, scared out of my life because blood is coming out of my vagina, not know what to do. I'm just crying and freaking out. And my mom's like, shh, 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 shh. So... It's it's hard. It's hard, especially when your mom, when your family has a very old school way of thinking. And, you know, even though my parents, they are from Trinidad, they've been living in the States for about 29 years, almost 30, 30 years they've been living here in the United States. And they still have their Trinidad mentality, which is so cute, but it's still, it, it still kind of hurts a little bit because they are very traditional people, especially my dad. He is the most traditional person I can tell you. And he goes... He goes according to the Quran as much as he can, which is an amazing thing, and I commend him so much. And he is such a religious person, and but sometimes that can kind of cause issues because you're trying like everyone interprets interprets things differently. Like as far as the rulings on abortion, like if he looked at that situation, he would have been like. Um, you can't do that. You can't do that because you're taking the life away life away from an innocent child. And it's it's hard, especially with, you know, religious parents. And my parents, they're great. They're, they bend the rules a little bit, but not too much. They kind of try to accommodate us because they understand that we are growing up in a Western society. We're not growing up in Trinidad. If I was living in Trinidad, I would have probably already been married with two kids by now, and I would not be doing this podcast, which I'm happy that I'm not there. But then again, you know, things are different. 
So on to the next one. I wanted to talk about a few crazy top headlines because as a political science major, we kind of have to keep up with whatever's going on in politics. And it's really difficult, especially with Donald Trump as your president, because something is always happening. I had to literally turn off my push notifications for CNN, BBC, Al Jazeera, and Fox News on my phone because like every hour on the hour, I would get at least five notifications of the exact same story circulating. So right now, the biggest things that are going on is the hurricane. You know, it's, it's starting to hit Florida right now. You know, um, they're under state of emergency, all that stuff. I talked about it earlier, clearly. And then um, just, just crazy, craziest things. Like just that Donald Trump does. And it's, it's just like a face palm. Everything that's going on in the White House is just like things are blowing up. Like, do you know that gif of the guy where it's like, it's not a guy, it's a dog. And like everything's on fire. And he's like, oh, this is fine. It's fine. That's literally what's going on. So let me just read off a few of these stupid ass headlines. Okay. Trump asked GOP with solving immigration, the issue that divides it the most. So he's having a literal immigration issue. I know that he is um, trying to uh, repeal DACA, D-A-C-A. The, it's like, an, um, like a program that was created for um, child immigrants who came over into the U.S. as children so they would not get deported. So he's trying to repeal that, which is just mind-blowing because, you know, if you're a child and you grew up in the States here, you don't know anything about your home country. So having to force yourself to get pushed back into your country and relearn all this stuff, that's not okay. So, um, you know, President Obama is a literal angel because he, even now, and he, and I think they understand the issues that are going on with, um, with FEMA because FEMA isn't a budget that's like any other government budgets. It's a budget where it's an as needed basis. So, so depending on the natural disaster that's happening, that's when FEMA will put out the money. But since the disasters that happened from Hurricane Harvey in Texas, a lot of the funds have been drained. So now that this is happening in Florida, the hurricane of Florida, FEMA funds are going to be completely drained. So that's why donate as much as you can. Definitely do that. Um, there's so many like crazy things like U.S. backed forces kick off offenses against ISIS in Syrian city. Like there's things like this, you know, just, I don't even know why we're involved at this point. It's just ridiculous. You know, um, Ex-FEMA official, how to plan for radical resilience to disaster. Like, why would we need radical resilience? You know, it's a disaster. Don't we expect the government to kind of help us out during a disaster? You know, um, three cars charging 0% inches until 2019. I think that's an advertisement. So, sorry about that. Um, a list of who's leaving Congress. Let's look at this. Who the hell is leaving Congress today? All right. Um, Representative Sam Johnson from Texas. Representative Lynn Jenkins. This is boring as hell. Why am I even talking about this? I don't really care who's leaving Congress as long as we have all these old people are getting pushed out and we're getting newer people pushed in so we can get the legalization of marijuana. That'll be great. So reports detail Mueller's pursuit. This is just stupid. Honestly, basically, the lesson of the day here is don't ever become a poli-sci major because A, your life never ends. It's always political science, political science, political science, politics, 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 Donald Trump. That's literally your life and that is what you signed up for. Because with medicine, with accounting, with business, you can turn it off after 5 p.m., 
Here, you can't do that. It's like a constant struggle battle throughout your life. I don't even know anymore at this point. So, it's going to be a kind of a short podcast because we're just doomsday prepping at this point. I need to literally go and purchase more water. We have to find a generator. Everything at Costco sold out. I think they sold out all of their water. So I'm going to go look for water, look for cat food. I wish I wish I could uh, just make this entire situation go away. Sorry if today's pod wasn't that funny. I, I tried to do it. I'm just, everything is just not working out the way I'm trying to get it to be. Because the fucking... Irma is just fucking shit up. She she is a bad bitch. Irma is a bad bitch. And she is ruining lives, taking names, cutting dicks off, and she is not sorry about it. She's cutting my dick off. So I guess that's it for this pod. You know, um, I would definitely love for you guys to um, tweet me anything, you know, questions that I would love to answer on the podcast. Um, if you're not a Muslim, I'm so happy that you're listening to this so you can have an insight of what the pod is about and what us as Muslim are about in our everyday lives. Um, if you want to ask questions about anything, definitely ask. And if I don't know the answer, I will find an answer for you. Um, just to let you know, though, you know, uh, even though I am Muslim, I follow a specific school of thought. And even though I do, um, is I think we follow the Salafi school of thought. And even though we follow that school of thought, you know, I, I'm still open to interpretation and following things from different schools and understanding different perspectives. So, you know, if you ask me a question and I answer one way, another person might answer a different way because that's the way they've grew, grown up thinking. So definitely ask questions. I'll answer them as best as I can. You know, I'm an open book. If you want to know anything about Islam, if you want to know anything about my political rants, if you want to know anything at all, literally just leave a question. I'll be here. I'll answer it for you. So just a few things. Um, tweet at me. Show me your diary. And stay angry. That's all I can say. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope to see you next week with a longer podcast with a lot more content. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for staying for the end of this podcast. I want to give a few shout outs to the awesome person who did our artwork, Hologram Vin. You can find their artwork on their Twitter, and I'll link their description in their links in the description below. And you can also um, also want to thank the awesome person who did our audio. His name's Guru Kid, and you can find him on SoundCloud, and I will link him in the description as well. Follow us on Earbud Media, and follow follow the pod on Mad Muslim Pod, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Softly Baked and awesome guys thank you so much great job for staying at the very end and that's a wrap stay angry my friends